Now, the one who protects us all from prattling prognosticators and perfidious pundits. I say, America, stay out the bushes. Look for the union label. That's the security. Governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the government. From my cold, dead hands. I'm concerned that if we don't impeach this president, he will get reelected. It's time for the Alan Nathan Show. Here he is, the longest-running nationally syndicated centrist host in the country, Alan Nathan. Welcome to the Alan Nathan Show by Silker Joe Show. Co-host Joe filling in for Alan today while he's working on his book. Actually, Alan would be here doing the show today except for the sound of construction noises right outside his studio, coming right in through the walls. And he figured instead of having you all listen to a couple hours of jackhammers and bulldozers, that he would just sit at home, work on his book, and I would do the show today instead. But if Alan were here with us today, he would give to you his mantra. Folks, we want the Republicans out of our bedrooms, the Democrats out of our wallets, and both out of our First and Second Amendment rights. The Alan Nathan Show is a Main Street Radio Network production. We want to thank the Main Street Radio Network for allowing this program to exist because even though management has occasionally disagreed with the content and some of their sponsors have disagreed with the content, Main Street Radio Network is still as our backs as advocates of the First Amendment, so we appreciate them. We also want to thank the Salem Radio Network for distributing the show. Main Street Radio Network can be found at MainStreetRadioNetwork.com. It's all spelled out. That is why it's taken me forever to get through this, because it is such a long name, Main Street Radio Network. They are also on Facebook under that name, on Twitter at Main Street Radio, and of course the Alan Nathan Show, which is in its 25th year, can be found on AlanNathan.com, and also on Twitter at Alan Nathan, and the Silker Joe Show can be found on GetterGetTR.com at Silker Joe Show in case you decide you like the way I sound so much you want to hear my show. Anyway, at this point, Alan would read his pre-written topics, and I happen to have my own pre-written topics right here. The proponents of socialism in our government claim it is benevolent, yet their actions are tyrannical. Why is this always the case with socialists? Joining us now to talk a little bit about one aspect of that tyranny, and particularly regards to the ATF and the gun registry, we have Stephen Wilford. He is advisor to the Second Amendment Foundation, as well as a spokesman for Gun Owners of America and the archetypical good guy with a gun in 2017. He stopped the deadliest mass shooting in Texas's history. Stephen Wilford, happy to have you on the show again. How are you today? Well, it's great to be on the show. Joe, it is, right? Yes, sir. Well, so, it's great to be on the show, Joe. Mm-hmm. So I have to ask about what is the ATF doing with this uh, gun registry? I thought that such things were unconstitutional. They are unconstitutional, and uh, we uh, we just found out about it, and so we're pushing real hard, and and uh, we're suing the ATF to get that uh, registry destroyed. They have over a a billion files, apparently. You can imagine that. So anybody that owns a gun that thinks that they're not on the registry, they're wrong right now. And GOA, Gun Owners of America, at GOA, or Gun Owners, excuse me, at GunOwners.org, we are actually out there fighting these unconstitutional things that are happening right now. How did we even learn about this, though? If it they if they've had enough time to accumulate a billion files on people, I guess it was just inevitable that such a thing would leak out. Well, yeah, apparently apparently a congressman from here in Texas found out about it. I forget exactly what his name is, but he's the one that found out about it and made gun owners of America aware of it, and we took immediate action. Uh, and so we're, we're, we're in the fight like you can't believe. We're fighting pistol brace bans. We're fighting uh, the bump stock bans. We're fighting... Uh, red flag laws in New York and winning. We, we got Prop 114, uh, got an injunction on it in Oregon. We're sh- fighting all over this country uh, for state, local, and national uh, laws when it pertains to the Second Amendment. Hmm. Now, I just want to point out to uh, critics of gun, uh, of, the, of gun ownership who say that a gun registry is needed to the the time it takes to assemble a billion files is pretty intensive. So there's got to have been a few mass shootings that were not stopped despite this registry existing. But on top of that, the numbers don't seem to add up because there's, what, 400 million guns in this country, 330 yeah. million citizens. That only comes yeah, up to 730 million, but they have a billion files. 
So you got well, you got to figure that we should be extra safe with those 300 million extra files, but I guess we weren't. Well, they're looking at transfers and things like that also, you know, uh, things when you transfer one gun to another. So the person that bought the gun is in the file, and there's the person that, that sold the gun that's still in that file. Uh, so there's all kinds of stuff, and the only way they can do this is electronically and, and stuff, and and, and and it's crazy, you know. It's crazy what the ATF is actually doing. Uh, the ATF just recently, um, from what I understand, we in the Fifth Circuit Court got the bump stock overturned. And so now it is legal to own a bump stock within the Fifth Circuit Court. And what generally happens is it's only legal in the Fifth Circuit Court, uh, and which is Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi. And what generally happens is then they appeal it, it goes to the Supreme Court, Supreme Court listens to it, and then makes a ruling that affects the whole nation. So if they appealed it and it went to the Supreme Court and it went out there, then the bump stock would be overturned nationwide, but they chose not to appeal it, which means automatically Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi, it's legal. Well, the ATF has come out and said, we're going to enforce it anyway. You want to talk about a tyrannical government, a government agency that did not go through Congress uh, and be signed by the president? is saying, we're going to ignore this, even though the courts have said that they're overturning it. They're going to say, we ignore it, and we're going to enforce our own laws. Well, when a law enforcement agency starts ignoring the process, then they're basically enforcing illegal laws. And that is unacceptable. That's unacceptable and horrifying because if they're willing to step outside the bounds of the Constitution for this, what else are they going to do? Are they just going to decide one day, all right, no one deserves to have a gun. We have all these files on hand. Let's make use of them. They're, what's to stop them if they're not acting inside the law already? Well, the gun owners of America are uh, asking for the abolishment of the ATF. We don't have a law enforcement agency that is designed specifically to oversee one of our constitutional rights. And it has been deemed through the Heller case that it is your right to own a gun. And, and more recently through the, um, the, the last case that they heard, and it reaffirms the right to carry said gun too, the Bruin case. Uh, they have said we have the right to carry a gun also, to bear a gun as it is. Um, so Heller decided that case said it is the right of the people, not the government, but the people to own a gun, and that the government can infringe upon that. And the Bruin case said not only do people have the right to carry a gun or to own a gun, but to carry a gun also. And that forced New York to do where they were a May-issue state, it forced them to be a shall-issue state. And then New York turned around and did the common places law, which basically the common places law said, okay, you can't carry in any common places, meaning any, you know, they'll issue you a, a permit, but you can't carry in any public place. You know, well, how would you get your gun to where were you going? And they said any business that would allow you to carry in their business has to state it, that they allow guns to be carried in their business as opposed to uh, businesses that don't want you to carry saying you can't carry here. So we're fighting that also. Yeah, definitely a lot of attacks on gun ownership going all around. And whether or not they're legal or illegal, they're just trying to get by the laws wherever they can. I remember also hearing about how, as far as being able to carry in public places, there was this one little exception that was within a thousand feet of schools, but in most populated areas, I guess this was just for concealed carry, but in like most populated areas, you're always within a thousand feet of a school. 
Well, in the state of Texas, we, we allow people to carry actually around schools and things. And through the guardian programs and the school marshal programs, we are arming teachers to be able to stop things like Uvalde, which is really interesting that there has never been a school that has taken part of a guardian or school marshal program as such. Not one school like that has ever been attacked by a mass shooter. And Uvalde turned down the guardian program just before the school was attacked. And the ATF also knew of the Uvalde shooter's weapons. So what good? It, that shows a lot of good that the registry has done. It seems to confirm that the registry is not for stopping shooters. It's for stopping people from obtaining guns or knowing who has them to steal them from them at some later point when the government decides that's no longer right. But Stephen Wilford, advisor to the Second Amendment Foundation, appreciate you on the Alan Nathan Show. And also, Gun Owners of America is what you're with, gunowners.org. we got more Alan Nathan Show coming up after this break. New research released to mark the International Day of Math reveals that math is the subject most American adults say they're afraid of, but is also the subject they most want their children to be good at. So to help them support their children in building confidence with numbers, a new, fun and engaging computer game called Teach Your Monster Number Skills has hit the market. Junaid Mabeen is a math expert from Number Skills, and he says building your child's confidence from an early age is vital. Getting kids confident with numbers from a very young age is so important to their long-term success in mathematics. And the reason I use Teach Your Monster Number Skills with my own children is that it teaches them about numbers, about how creative and, and playful numbers can be. It's very fun and also educationally very powerful. You can download this great game today. Just search for Teach Your Monster Number Skills online. It's available on all desktop and mobile devices. Trust me, you won't regret it. This is sponsored by IBM. Job seekers, students, and career changers want to pursue roles in science, technology, engineering, and math, but aren't familiar with career options. At the same time, online training and digital credentials are emerging as a recognized pathway to opportunity. Misconceptions about the cost of training and what's required are often roadblocks to success. To tackle this and bring STEM education closer to underrepresented communities, IBM SkillsBuild is announcing 45 new educational partners. IBM SkillsBuild is a free education program focused on underrepresented communities in tech, helping all develop valuable new skills and access to career opportunities. Justina Nixon St. Till, IBM Chief Impact Officer. Technology training can have a transformational effect on a person's life. IBM is committed to raising awareness of the many roles that exist across industries in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. IBM SkillsBuild continues to grow with new partners around the world, working together to scale 30 million people by 2030. For more, skillsbuild.org. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country, but unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States, including yours. But they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. What is dedication? I am the father of a nine-year-old little girl and a six-year-old little boy. And I find fatherhood both relentlessly challenging and relentlessly rewarding. My daughter is biological and my son is adopted. I love them both so much. From the morning when you wake up to putting them to bed at night and every moment in between, it really is so special. And boy, is it exhausting. One thing that I fear about being a parent is the future for my children. I think a parent's job is to protect our children, but also prepare them for the world so they become good, kind human beings. But I'm also hopeful that the future holds a more inclusive and compassionate world for them. 
That's dedication. Find out more at fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show by Silker Joe Show, co-host Joe filling in for Alan. Today we are joined now by Reverend James Harden, CEO of Compass Care Pregnancy Services, and a very patient man because he was supposed to be on the show half an hour ago, but I decided that I didn't feel like reading emails all the way through and just the subject lines, so I got things totally messed up. But Reverend, appreciate you being on the show. How are you today? Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate you making the time. Oh, no, happy to have you on, sir. So I have to ask... Um, uh, we, we originally you were on about uh, uh, Maoist Antifa sympathizers and DOJ and other government agencies, but now also it seems that actual Antifa foot soldiers, they vandalized your clinic again. Yeah, that's a good way of describing it, Antifa foot soldiers. Um, this morning at 12.30 a.m., we caught them on video, um, you know, doing the, the, the typical kind of Antifa James Revenge uh, red letter graffiti on our sign out front and spelling in large block letters, uh, liars, um, over the entirety of the sign. So, you know, Maoist Antifa sympathizers, they oddly insist that Christian pro-life pregnancy centers like ours mislead and enslave women, enslave them. <laughs> the international Maoist Antifa, basically, they claim that their, their philosophy is based on an anti-Christian, anti-capitalistic uh, p- political view, and that is meaning they define fascism as capitalism. And so they're, they're, they, they see pro-life pregnancy centers as both representing the socioeconomic structures of the society, both the Christian influences as well as the capitalistic influences. And they think that we're, we're enemy number one. That's why they're targeting us. This is what our, our private investigators are telling us. I don't say this because the FBI is telling us this, although the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security in 2017 did tell the Politico that they labeled Antifa activity as domestic terror. But here's the FBI and the DOJ refusing to call this domestic terror. They're refusing to link it to Antifa, although it's so obvious it is all Antifa. Um, they're not hiding it. Uh, so, so this is the, what happened today uh, with respect to the second attack, second attack on our facility in Buffalo fits the definition of domestic terror. It does. It fits the federal definition of domestic terror. And those and the DOJ and the FBI who refuse to treat it as such need to be fired and investigated. I said last week, the DOJ or the FBI needs to be defunded, dismantled, and rebuilt. Biden himself, Joe Biden himself in Philadelphia, made fun of me for that. He, he literally, in a, in a, in a, he just made fun of me. Can you believe that? Uh, this is what he said. Uh, and of course, he, he's not interested in, he said, that's a good one. I like that one. Well, guess what he said? I refuse to provide funding that's going to keep communities safe and secure. That's what he said. So he's interested in defunding local police, but he's interested in funding the, 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 uh, the policing efforts of the federal law enforcement to, uh, to attack those who disagree with him. They're ideologically disfavored, like pro-life people. Well, uh, we're, we're not going to be intimidated. Um, and despite the fact that this is an obvious face act violation and Attorney General Merrick Garland himself perjured himself in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee last week saying they're applying the face act equally to pro-life, uh, to people who commit crimes against pro-lifers. But they're not even I mean, the, their, their website says they're not. His report to the Senate Judiciary Committee says they're not. Joe Biden himself signed a, an executive order to the DOJ on July 8th, asking them to look into what he called the, quote, fraudulent practices of pregnancy centers. You know, this fits into the liars concept that we were just graffiti about. Um, then Merrick Garland and the DOJ comply on July 12th, creating what's called the Reproductive Health Task Force to look into what they call, quote, the anti-abortion activity. And then you got whistleblowers coming out after Merrick Garland purges himself last week saying from within the FBI, saying, look, um, there were the, the FBI created additional threat tags called pro-life adherence. We're looking into anybody that adheres to pro-life beliefs. This is while we're being attacked, by the way. And then um, they also asked the, the, the agents to look into what they called, quote, pregnancy centers. So they began, they began investigating the people who were being attacked. No, no wonder we're not getting any results. Uh, so, you know, the, what's happening now is, 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 is uh, uh, what I think, you know, what many people think is, is, the, is the reality that uh, people in upper echelons of government and the DOJ have been infiltrated by Antifa sympathizers. And the reason I say that is because uh, the, you have to, the, the DOJ 
intentionally has to deprioritize these investigations. There have been over 250 attacks on pro-life entities across the country since the illegal leak of the Dobbs case, 250. And, and so it's clearly domestic terror, picks the definitions of, of Antifa domestic terror, but they're not doing anything about it. No arrests have been made, and no, no manhunts, uh, no dawn SWAT raids. Uh, so who's, who's in charge of the Civil Rights Division of the DOJ, the, the division that's responsible for investigating? It's Kristen Clark. Who is Kristen Clark? She is a known defund the policer. She is a known supporter of Antifa BLM. And she is a known, according to her own Twitter feed, a known uh, uh, you know, hater of pro-life pregnancy centers. I mean, this is, it's, it's, it's so obvious. Um, you see, you look at the, these patterns of, of a refusal to uh, investigate uh, uh, the, the terror activity, uh, the refusal to make arrests, a turning the investigative and arresting power of, of, of the federal government on pro-life victims. It just leaves one conclusion. The DOJ and the upper echelons of, 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 of those that are, you know, the Biden administration that's in charge of the DOJ have been infiltrated. They, uh, this is uh, this, this is very disconcerting. But but here's the here's the bottom line. Uh, all people are made in the image of God and and therefore equally valuable. So we're not going to stop serving women facing unplanned pregnancies. It's, it's too important. Both, both mother and child are equally viable, and and we believe that the the love of God will ultimately triumph over terror. So um, while we had to rebuild our facility and it's back up and running, uh, they're still attacking us, and we still have no results. But uh, it. You know, from from our perspective, it's not going to change the way we live. Hmm. Certainly not, uh, because otherwise they win if you do change the way you live and change the way you work. Uh, they're firebomb, and, and they will also firebomb other people then, because they'll know that this is a tactic that apparently the FBI tacitly approves of firebomb and deface property. And as long as it's our political opponents, we're going to go right on ahead and support you. We're not going to investigate it because as this was going on. It's not like the DOJ is slow walking every case as this was happening during the entire time. They've been slow walking your case with the firebombing. They've arrested pro-life protesters and anyone who's defaced an abortion clinic has been arrested and found by the FBI in short, short order. That's right. You're exactly right. And Merrick Garland was telling the Senate Judiciary Committee that the FBI can't find these perpetrators that are committing crimes against pro-lifers because they're committing them at night. And as you just <laughs> uh, as you just described, they don't have any problem finding criminals who who attack uh, abortion clinics if they're attacked at night. And by the way, these are these are these are not pro-life people that are attacking abortion clinics. They would like you to think they're pro-life people, but there is no pro-life pro-abortion war going on. It's only these these uh, left-wing uh, Antifa, Maoist Antifa, pro-abortion bad actors. But here's here's the thing, Rich Higgins the former irregular warfare expert out of the Pentagon identified this kind of activity as, as bona fide warfare in what he called fourth generation warfare. Antifa is a multinational insurgency group that, uh, that prefers to have a, a Chinese Maoist type government versus the rule of law that we currently have constitutional rule of law that we have in America. And America is the last bulwark in the nation state system. If America falls, it paves the way for a global communism. This is their goal. And they think that the current global order is supported by the Judeo-Christian kind of Christian uh, and, and capitalistic system. That's why they're attacking us. Awful. Reverend James Harden, appreciate you being on the Alan Nathan Show to enlighten our viewers about what our government's up to and the, especially the law enforcement branch of the federal government. And he is CEO of Compass Care Pregnancy Services. Uh, if any of our listeners can help, where can they go? Oh, thank you. They can go to compasscarecommunity.com to learn more at compasscarecommunity.com. All right, folks, uh, you can go check that out. We're coming up to a break, but we do have more Alan Nathan show coming up. So hope you will return. From NAACP Image Award nominated author Elise Bryant comes a new rom-com about two teens who overcome misconnections and find their way to love. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling follows two people who seemingly have nothing in common. But after a year of chance encounters, begin to think the universe may be telling them something. Dungeons and Dragons obsessed Reggie and emotionally bottled up Delilah meet for the first time on New Year's Eve and again on Valentine's Day and on random occasions throughout the the year. They're drawn to each other, though they are each too insecure to be their true selves. So what happens once they realize they've each fallen for a version of the other that doesn't really exist? 
author Elise Bryant. This is a sweet and funny romantic story in which the characters learn to overcome their fears and discover who they truly are. I hope readers enjoy going along on this ride with Reggie and Delilah and maybe learn something about themselves along the way. Reggie and Delilah's Year of Falling is now available wherever books are sold. Spring is in the air, and now's the time to spring forward with a delicious breakfast from Burger King, an all-natural Simply Orange juice. Begin your day with a sausage, egg, and cheese croissant sandwich with sizzling sausage, fluffy eggs, and melted American cheese on a toasted croissant, or a bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit on a warm buttermilk biscuit. And make it a meal. All Burger King breakfast sandwiches go great with crispy hash browns and pair perfectly with a Simply Orange juice with no added sugar, never sweetened, never concentrated, and never frozen simply orange goes perfectly with breakfast at burger king and is rich in vitamin c and now through march 31st on the bk app royal perks members get a free single croissant sandwich with any simply orange juice purchase use code breakfast to redeem get a jump on spring with breakfast at burger king because you rule at participating u.s burger king restaurants royal perks account required restrictions apply see offer terms for details not valid on delivery orders sponsored by coca-cola You know that feeling? Like every door is closing and you just can't see a way out? Being unemployed, underemployed, or just out of school feels a lot like that. But when you find the right tools, suddenly everything just clicks. Getting on that path may be easier than you think. A good place to start? Go to findsomethingnew.org. At findsomethingnew.org, you have access to resources that help develop new skills. Skills that will position you for careers in today's growing industries. From healthcare and manufacturing to cybersecurity and alternative energy. Plus, you can take advantage of online courses, certification programs, apprenticeships, and more. So you can take yourself from unemployed and uncertain to empowered and prepared for what's next. Find your path to a new career today. Visit findsomethingnew.org. A message from the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> It's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. I was in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean when it happened. There was a sudden jolt and our submarine crashed on the seafloor. We were in total darkness. That's Dr. Dejana Figueroa, a marine biologist and STEM teacher, talking about a deep sea dive she'll never forget. It's funny. When I was a kid, I was afraid of the ocean. And there I was, two miles below the surface. But as a scientist, you prepare for that. Using our training and a little creativity, we fixed the sub and finished our experiments. The dive was just too important. Every dive gives us glimpses at things few people ever get to see. Blowing creatures, fiery undersea volcanoes. When we got back to the surface, I kissed the ground and called my mom, of course. But you know what? I wouldn't trade that dive for anything. Dr. Figueroa uses her passion for STEM to discover new things and make the world a better place. She can STEM, so can you. Check out She Can STEM for more stories and inspiration. A message from the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Alan Nathan Show, everybody. Silk or Joe Show co-host Joe filling in for Alan today. We are joined now by James Grunvig. He is digital TV show host for Unrestricted Truths, the number one show on AMP News Network, as well as the editor-in-chief of AMP Journal, AMP Media's online daily news article site. James Grunvig, happy to have you today. How are you? Good, Joe. How are you doing today? I am doing all right. So you have an article over up on AMP News titled Biden Banking Crisis Resets, and I just... 
love this description of what happened with Silicon Valley Bank because they're the ones out there that they're they try to cater to the leftist audience and you know, anti, the whole anti-capitalist crowd. So here's what they were doing. And the same crowd, by the way, who criticized banks back in 2008 and when a fundamental transition from that system. So these guys were running a 185 to one debt to asset ratio, three main executives doing some sort of insider trading scheme, then senior executives receiving six figure bonuses the day before the collapse it seems like all that talk about being woke and all that stuff uh, kind of went out the window when money was on the line. It sounds about right. Oh, and uh, he seems to have dropped, I guess. Uh, reading his article here was such a shock that his phone decided to uh, cut out on him. <laughs> but uh, yes, it's um, again, the article's titled Binding Banking Crisis uh, Resets. And it's just another bailout of banks. We've seen this before. We saw that in 2008. We saw that in the 80s. And it seems like, I guess, every couple of years, we're going to, every couple of decades, we're going to be seeing a new banking crisis coming about. 15 years for this one. And yeah, at least with the 80s one, we got about 25 years between them. But wait, 25, 15, does that mean the next banking crisis is going to be in five years? Uh, the way that they're, they're just putting a Band-Aid over this one and trying to pretend nothing is wrong I guess that might be the case. In fact, we might see more banking crises later this year if we're not careful. Now, a lot of these banks have been using some very shaky uh, business decisions. I remember talking to one plane about one bank that uh, outright started pursuing the same woke policies that led to the 2008 crash, you know, the subprime mortgages. But anyway, we are still rejoined by uh, now uh, James Grundvig. So I will ask again, that the, the very woke executives of Silicon Valley Bank, you know, they engaged in insider trading. They pay off their senior executives' bonuses right before the bank collapses. It seems to be the exact opposite of what the rhetoric and the side of the aisle that they were trying to appeal to, wouldn't you say? Oh, Joe, absolutely. The fact that they donated $74 million to BLM since 2020 during the color revolution is just one thing. They got rid of the risk manager nine months ago and replaced with a woke manager. We saw the uh, signature bank, the other bank that the, the feds closed on Sunday. They actually had a, 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 a woke seminar. I mean, you know, it, it's incredible on pronouns. No, no, you're supposed to be looking at assets and risks and things in the market. And they're focusing on something that's not their core business. I don't understand it. Mm hmm. Yeah, if, uh, if my bank decided that pronouns were more important than currency, I would withdraw my money. And that's a very painful process, although you know I do deal with Wells Fargo, and I, uh, they've had a few woke things going on lately. I've been a little suspicious about them. It's just such a pain, though, to withdraw all your money and divert all your bill payments and all that. But since that, that brings up the problem, though, a lot of this collapse came because it was a bunch of greedy executives trying to shelter themselves behind woke rhetoric, and it seemed to work. They're getting bailed out. But now you have other banks who've been doing that same sort of thing. How long before they collapse? Yeah, and, and so here's the problem. The, the problem is in the last 24 hours, we learned that Swiss Bank is lending $50 billion to uh, Credit Suisse, so it doesn't go under. You don't have a bank run in Europe. But Swiss Bank lost $132 billion last year. Oh, that's going to work out well. And then we see from Gold Telegraph a tweet this morning, which was astonishing, but, but not really. Goldman, Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, they want a $2 trillion, with a T trillion, a dollar line of credit from the federal government to prevent insolvency for all these different banks. So that, that sounds like a bailout to me, $2 trillion. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, that's going to be a bailout. And, and although the government's not going to admit that's a bailout, in fact, well, they're, they're, with, not, right, uh, they're not going to call it a bailout. They're going to call it a line of credit. I'm telling you, right? You know, that's incredible, though. That number is so astounding. And what I think's happening, as my article talks about, it's not Lehman 2.0. Lehman didn't have, you know, mandated lockdowns. It didn't have mandated vaccines. It didn't have people leaving the workforce. It didn't have any of that stuff. And this is a worldwide thing, not just a United States phenomena. And so, you know, all these variables related to COVID didn't exist in any previous collapse. In, in the Great Depression, didn't happen, right? In 1987, Black Monday didn't happen. 1994, bond, bond crash, no, didn't happen. Didn't happen. 2000.com bubble burst. And it certainly didn't happen in 2008. So we have a pandemic variables that, that just didn't exist anymore. So 
you know, reading historical economic numbers is really not going to apply to this. We're in uncharted territory, really are. And it doesn't seem like the captains of the ship are particularly interested in navigating us safely through these waters. It seems like, if anything, the activities that they're doing, they might want banks to collapse for all we know. Uh, and that would actually be beneficial to them, get to push digital currencies after that, backed by the federal government, yes. and also helps with taking over local banks. You know, local banks who might let gun stores, for example, do business when uh, federally controlled banks would not. And we saw that during the Obama years where they were telling banks to stop doing business with gun stores. Absolutely. I mean, Klaus Schwab wants a great reset. This is They're demolishing their own you know, fiat monetary system, which, and, and they're doing it for several reasons. One is to hide the financial crimes. They've been stealing from the system for years. I mean, shorting, stealing, you know, selling more stocks than exist in, in the market, you know, all kinds of crazy stuff. They've been doing it. They've been pulling trillions of dollars out of it, right? Forget our tax money, forget tax by inflation, all that's happening. So what's going to happen next Wednesday, Joe? I got a question about that. Next Wednesday, the Fed, is, is Jerome Powell going to raise, raise the rates? Well, if you raise the rates, he's certainly going to kill, kill the entire housing market in the United States. If he doesn't, inflation go, goes out of control, goes skyward. So he, he's, he's in a catch-22. Hmm. And it seems to be a self-made one too, as well. But then they get to say, well, uh, we, we can either – it doesn't matter what we do. Something bad's going to happen, even though that seems to have been the intent this entire time to push us to this position – because it really gets hard to think that are these people really this ignorant on fiscal policy and this reckless uh, unless it's deliberate? No, I, I think it's it's almost like it's, it's deliberate now, right? They never really fixed the structural problems from 2008. They just went to the quantitative easing program with, with Ben Bernanke way back, you know, 15 years ago and stuff and 10 years ago and whatever. So right now we see quantitative tightening, and, and now they're asking for – more funny money to be printed out of thin air. So it, it's just extraordinary. So this mm-hmm. contagion is not, is not in the United States only. It is, you got Europe, you got China for sure, and Canada. Canada, four out of the five biggest Canadian banks have all lost 10% as of yesterday of value in five days. That yeah, means uh, the lack of confidence in banking worldwide is what it really means. Mm-hmm. So then that leaves us, the, pro- the consumer, the problem. We're not the billionaires pulling the strings uh, or the politicians pulling the strings. What can we do for ourselves? Uh, well, we, well, so what we need to do is, is think about, think worst case scenario, right? Worst case scenario is what? Is, is not having access to your money in the traditional sense, right? You're, you know, if, if, if you banked a Silicon Valley bank on last Friday, you didn't have access to your money. Even your startup with $10 million of bank, it's not there anymore. You have to think along those lines. So if you have a big bank like me, you then then probably need a credit union like me. And then, you know, because in case one goes down, you have access to money to another. And then you got to think about literally buying gold and silver. Seriously, that cause gold and silver is not an investment. It is money. It is the only money that's going to be worth anything when this is all over. So, you know, I would think about contacting Kirk Kelly, Ph.D., private advisors or someone like him to actually buy gold and silver bars, not the coins, the bars. And then the other thing is you want to have cash in your house. You really do. That is how you survive this. Surviving the reset is what this is all about. Mm-hmm. Well, if they do switch to a digital currency, I'm not sure if would cash even be valuable at that point. I would be even possible to spend it at that point. Right, right. You're going to have to think about building local, right? Building, uh, you have to break away from big everything somehow and and build community based things. So I already know a group of uh, of Californians that moved to Arizona, eastern Arizona, Apache County. They, they bought up a lot of land, and they, they built all-grid housing. They started that in 2020. They saw the writing wall three years ago. So that's the kind of thing, right? So you got some guys that are expert builders. Other people are expert farmers, right? So they're growing their own food. They're completely broken off from the rest of the world. They don't, they don't need anything related like that. Oh, surprised the FBI so, hadn't showed up on their doorstep yet. <laughs> I don't think they could find it. <laughs> Not yet, anyways. But they're all armed, of course. Come on. they got the coyotes out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, uh, not just the drug smugglers, but the animals as well. No, but, not wow, the animals, just... right? That's what I'm talking about. I'm, you know, I'm not talking <laughs> about other people, right? So, so they're, they're you know they're they're in a certain part of the country where, you know, it's almost like law enforcement would be wasting their time going in there. It's not, not going to accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. And so, hopefully, so this, uh... this is, go ahead. 
No, I was just uh, going to wrap it up anyway. I was just going to say, hopefully our, uh, our listeners will get smart about it, get prepared so that we can all sit through the Great Reset as it's coming and sit through this banking crisis at the very least, because it seems yep. like they want us to, to not be prepared for it. Well, that, that's part of it, and that's why you get all the, all the gaslighting from the mainstream media. So all, all I can recommend to people is hang in there. We don't know whose reset it's going to be. We don't know if it's going to be white hat military, or we don't know if it's going to be the, 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 the uh, World Economic Forum uh, proxies. We we'll have to leave it at that, James Grundig. Thank you for being on the online show. The pandemic is just one factor that forced companies to rethink the way they conduct business. In addition to remote employees, companies are uploading more data to the cloud and workers are using a wide variety of apps and devices. As a result, businesses are more susceptible to security breaches than ever before. For 10 years, the open directory platform provider JumpCloud has helped businesses improve security and minimize vulnerability. Security continues to be a top concern for businesses. According to JumpCloud Vice President Eric Brown, organizations need to reconsider their approach. Identity is the new center of IT and the foundation around which all IT infrastructure should be built. That's where we at JumpCloud come in. We help companies and people make work happen with secure, frictionless access to the apps and data they need with an open directory platform designed for identity transformation. To learn how JumpCloud can help your business, visit JumpCloud.com. Vitamin B12 is important for supporting not only our metabolism, but also our energy levels. Our brain and our nerves need certain vitamins like B12 in order to function properly. Even if you're eating all the healthy foods like fruits and vegetables and getting you know great sources of protein, it's sometimes the case that you can become deficient in one or more nutrient, and that's where supplements can be helpful. So if you wanna support your B12 levels, Jaro's Methyl B12 is a great supplement to consider to optimize your B12 levels. This type of B12 is recognized by the body, so it's delivered to your cells more efficiently. It's also been shown that it is a great way to make sure that you're getting a highly absorbed form of vitamin B12 and one that's gonna be retained better than other types of B12. You can learn more at jaro.com. My name is Judy Teeter, and I'm the mother of three boys. My youngest, Joe, was a great kid. He loved sports, music, and his youth group. One day, Joe asked me to drive him to an after-school event, which was about a mile from our home. I was driving through a green light when a car in cross-traffic ran a red light and drove right into the side of our car, killing Joe. The driver was talking on her phone, so she never even saw the red light. She was so absorbed in her phone call. Before the crash, I didn't realize just talking on a cell phone while driving was so dangerous. Now it's something I think about every day. According to the National Safety Council, about one in four car crashes involves a cell phone. Hands-free is no safer. When you're behind the wheel, put away your phone. For Joe and for the thousands of needless deaths every year, remember, there is no safe way to talk on a cell phone while driving. Find out more at nsc.org slash callskill. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who got got his first job, not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries. I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. The mission of Paralyzed Veterans of America is clear. Accessibility. Veterans who have served and sacrificed the best of themselves deserve access to the best our country has to offer. Access to meaningful employment. Access to the veterans' benefits they've earned. 
accessible homes and vehicles and access to every part of their communities. With PVA staff working inside VA hospitals, no other veterans organization has provided more real-time, ongoing support for paralyzed veterans and their families. PVA is proud to serve veterans across all branches, all generations, and all conflicts. Our nation's heroes fought for your independence. Join PVA in fighting for theirs at pva.org. Thank you for sticking with us. Hour at the Alan Nathan Show, Silver Joe Show co-host Joe. Been filling in for Alan while he listens to a sweet symphony of construction noises outside his studio. We are joined now by John Jordan, CEO of Jordan Winery, lawyer and Fox News con- contributor. John, happy to have you. How are you today? Yeah, happy to be here. Happy Thursday. Right, happy Thursday to you as well, although I can't say that the topic we've been covering this entire show has been particularly happy. That is the government uh, getting its... Uh, tyranny into our daily lives and we've seen that a lot with the twitter files and what's come out from that where you know democrats they come out they don't care about what the government has been doing the attacks on free speech and in fact they say somehow it's pro-free speech and then on in in that same breath they say oh by the way we want to know where these journalists get off telling us that there's something wrong here we want to censor these journalists well history tells us joseph that those who try to censor free speech are tend to never be the good guys because they can't subject their policy proposals to argument. When you try to shut down argument, that's a tacit admission that people don't want what you're selling. And that's why you have to control information. It's a hallmark of, of tyranny. So when you have, when you can't, when you can't sell it, you shut it down. And this is what the, the Democrats try to do. They try to say, or the left, is, is we own science, for example. And if you don't agree with us, um, you're not following science, for example. And they use this as a harbinger to try to control society. Um, if you'll think back to the pandemic, you know, there were many on the left that were celebrating the shutdowns, talking about its benefits for so-called climate change and such. They were trying to prepare the American public to accept a lower standard of living and less freedom. And they were using science in the pandemic to that end, which is why they stifled debate, which is why there was no admission that natural immunity was real. They covered up uh, and li- lied about um, the efficacy of vaccines, for example, as well as masks and other government means of government control. Hmm. Yeah, definitely trying to pollute the information void with all their misinformation to favor their tyrannical goals. And they end up getting the federal government in on it, too. You know, I've actually talked with someone who used to work with the government. He just outright couldn't believe that the FBI would be in on all the censorship or that it would be as widespread as it is. Like, he outright refuses to believe that it's as widespread as it has been because he thinks that they're all still conservatives and conservative-leaning. It does not seem to be the case anymore. No, the the leftification, if that's even a term – of the FBI happened some time ago. Uh, it's all part of the deep state, those unelected parts of the American government that think they know what's best, um, and which is why they're pushing it now in the military, which is the last bastion of conservatism in the, in the U.S. government, which is why such a heavy emphasis on, on leftist indoctrination. You had members of Congress just last week say that Fox News and conservative news outlets should be banned. Um, for the military. Um, so what you're seeing is an attempt to make, it's a whole of government approach to change American society. And it kind of explains the military's low recruitment numbers because generally it has been conservative minded people who would join the military, but if they're seeing it as a leftist only organization, they're not going to bother to join, which is kind of twofold. On the one hand, it weakens the military severely so that perhaps it does not propose a threat to civilian populations, which seems to be the only reason why you would switch it out for leftists. But then on the other hand, it also means only leftists are getting in there, so they have access to a lot of dangerous weapons. Yeah, and they and they want to make sure that those who get in there that may not be leftists become leftists. You see this with uh, the attempts by the left to 
affect American policy through non-electoral means. Um, and this is obviously through the, the intelligence community, the law enforcement, um, the military. But this is, this is where – and they, they're following the same model where they've had considerable success. And that is academics, academia, the colleges, which has always been lefty. And so that was kind of low-hanging fruit for them. But this is – and now – and then moving on to big business, what with DEI initiatives and ESG. ESG is particularly malignant because that's you know, environmental, social, um, and governance where they're using business and financial markets to further a leftist agenda. We saw you know, $73 million was donated – by um, Silicon Valley Bank to Black Lives Matter. Um, all of these causes in 2020, 80, they shook down American business for $83 billion. So you see through um, whether it's companies like BlackRock uh, and others seeking to debank um, conservative organizations conser- and businesses they don't like, whether it's firearms or energy sources that they don't approve of. This is trying to affect the policy changes that they cannot achieve at the ballot box by coercive means, whether it's the FBI or whether it is uh, whether it's exerting financial pressure and harnessing big business to do that. Hmm. Yeah, definitely trying to squash their opponents there, and, and it seems like. And it's weird that they would say that, oh, don't worry, we are benevolent. We're benevolent. We're the good guys. That's why we're trying to clobber anyone who disagrees with us. We're trying to debank them, deplatform them, make them die in the street of starvation because they can't get a job anywhere, and outright trying to purge the military of them so that the military can be used against civilians. You know, This is not what the good guys are doing, yet it seems that a lot of, especially the perhaps lower educated people or even the higher educated people, ironically enough, are just buying into the rhetoric. Yeah, they are. It's using coercion to achieve that which they can't achieve by other means. But there's a way for everybody to fight back. And this is really important, right? So obviously one way to fight back is to vote. The other way to fight back is those of you with 401ks and savings. Look at your portfolios. Look for companies like BlackRock. Look for um, ESG funds in your portfolio and take your money out of it. There's a way to, to combat this. In fact, there's been some uh, recent successes on this front by certain states pulling their pension funds from certain money managers that are doing this. Again, BlackRock being a big offender. But even BlackRock has seen outflows from a lot of their, um, a lot of their funds by private or retail investors. In fact, Larry Fink, the head of BlackRock, even talked about uh, how that's become a problem, and they've kind of softened a lot of their language about what they're trying to do going forward. But please look at your 401ks, look at you know, your savings, and look for these types of funds with the letters ESG, because that is leftist code for we are going to harness the power of financial markets and financial institutions to enact the societal change which they cannot achieve democratically. Mm-hmm. Uh, that does raise the concern, though. Would they bail out an ESG the same way they bailed out Silicon Valley Bank? They didn't have a workable business model, but they had the right woke credentials, so they get a bailout. And would the ESG funds get uh, that same bailout? Uh, three seconds here, I guess, yes or no. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, John Jordan, CEO of Jordan Winery. Appreciate you being on the Alan Nathan Show. Listeners, thank you for coming along with the ride. MainStreetVideoNetwork.com is our website, but also AlanNathan.com. Be seeing you. The opinions you hear on the Main Street Radio Network are those of the host, callers, and guests, and not necessarily those of the station, Main Street Radio Network, its management, or advertisers. The information on the Main Street Radio Network does not constitute a recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or securities. So please, consult a professional before investing. If you have any questions or comments about Main Street Radio Network, contact us at 703-719-0433 or at our website, MainStreetRadioNetwork.com.